Hi, podcast listeners. The Children's Hour is listener-supported. We're an educational nonprofit. And right now, you can get a Kids Crew t-shirt and a swag bag with every $50 donation. The t-shirts are really pretty teal, 100% pre-shrunk cotton with our rainbow logo on the front. You can spread your love of the Children's Hour. Plus, they make great gifts for families for the holidays. We have kids' sizes from 2 to youth extra large, and we have unisex adult sizes from small to extra large. Go to childrenshour.org to make your donation today. That's $50 donation, get a t-shirt, and a swag bag while supplies last. Thank you, listeners. What do you call taking a selfie with a rattlesnake? I don't know what. A mistake. <laughs> it's time for the children's hour. Kids Public Radio. A leaky roof means that rain can fall in your house. If rain can fall in your house, then for your mouse you've got a nice shower. Then maybe your mouse can invite his friends for the dinner hour. If you can join your mouse for his dinner party. If stars can point to the south, then if life is just starting. Ah. Then why can't the stars also leak in your house? If stars can leak in your house, then you can put them in your mouth. Wouldn't that be nice if we all spoke only brilliant light? We'd have nothing left to do but shine and twinkle in the night. Am I gonna make any sense tonight? I just might. Tonight with your hidden wings, you might take your first flight. Mm. With your mouse. If rain can fall in your house, then for your mouse you've got a nice shower. Maybe then your mouse can invite her friends for the dinner hour. If you can join your mouse for her dinner party, if stars can point to the south, and if life is just starting. Oh, then why can't the stars also leak in your house? If stars can leak in your house, then with your mouse you can put them in your mouth. If we all spoke only brilliant light We'd have nothing left to do But shine and twinkle in the night Am I gonna make any sense tonight? I just might Tonight with your hidden wings You might take your first flight With your mouse 
from The Sounds of Silver City, Andrew Dahl-Bradeen with Mouse Shower right here on the Children's Hour. You are tuned to the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. I'm so happy to be here with a whole crew of kids. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. It's a lot of folks in the room. Let's start over here. Hello. Hello. It's Haley. Happy day. It's Maya. Hi. It's Lily. Hi. It's Maya Lucille. Hello. It's Zen. It's I, Oscar. It's Amadeus. Aloha, it's Lucas. Hello, it's Annabella. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy you're here. And, you know, today on the show, we're talking about unappreciated animals. Can you think of any? Maybe yes. snakes. Snakes don't. Centipedes. Black widows. Spiders. Cockroaches. Blech. Cockroaches. Ew. Half of them. Half of a cockroach. <laughs> Most people don't like worms either. Well, that song we opened with was about mice. It was called Mouse Shower. And, you know, I think about that song and I think, I, I'm not crazy about having mice. Yeah, you're whispering, I love mice. Yeah, but mice are like, they're so damaging to a house. Like if you come into your kitchen and you saw mouse poop all over the counter, would you be like, oh, hey, let's make a sandwich? <laughs> or no? No. Would you be like, no. Like, creepy. They're still adorable. But there are a lot of animals that are underappreciated or unappreciated totally. And it turns out we need them. Zen, we were talking before we went on the mics. Centipedes. Yeah, centipedes are pretty darn important to their own environment. And they are pretty good at surviving for what they are. And although a lot of people don't like them, they're only trying to survive. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could say that about spiders. Annabella, you were talking about, what's your fear? Yeah. Spiders. Why? Why? Tell, tell me why. They have creepy legs. It's the creepy legs. Yeah. How many else? Yeah, Maya. Oh, no segments. Yeah. Well, yes, be there. Spiders, because once my brother, he came with a huge black widow in his hands to my mom, and he was squeezing it. Wait, what? He was squeezing a black widow? Is your yes. brother a little guy? Yes, he's only five years old. Oh. But, but <laughs> he didn't get bite. He, he did, didn't get he bitten. Did, yeah. He, he was lucky. He was lucky. Well, he loves those creatures. Creepy <laughs> critters, but we need them in this world. We're going to be talking with Bethany Dunn, and she's from the Albuquerque Biopark, and she's here right now. Does anyone want to describe what's going on in the studio right now, please? Well, she's holding a snake, and well, I think it's a gopher snake or a bull snake. She's nodding. She's not. You know your snakes, Amadeus. Uh, Bethany Dunn is the science education coordinator from the Albuquerque Biopark, and she has indeed brought live snakes to our studio as well as tarantulas. Sorry, Annabella. Oh. And I think we're going to get a chance to try to get over our fear of these animals, but also try to understand more why we, we even have them. Why should we like them? But in the meantime, is there any news in this studio? Any? Yeah. My geckos were shedding today. What does that mean? Well, they shed their skin and sometimes they eat it. Ew. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, speaking of snakes, I'm going to try and feed them today. What do you feed your snake? Uh, frozen mice. Frozen mice. They don't move yeah. very fast. I, de I defrost them, of course, but you know. They're dead, though, by oh. that. They are very dead. And he they don't care that it's dead? He does not mind that much, no. Um, also, speaking of snakes, I have a pet snake. You do? Yes. Do, do you feed your pet snake dead mice too? Well, we feed um, our pet snake live mice. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but not the cute ones. 
No, no. <laughs> yeah. So how do you get your light? Do you have a cat or something that brings you mice? Or no. How does that work? Um, we just go to the pet store. The pet store? Wow. I didn't know you could buy live mice. Well, you know, you learn so much. <laughs> you learn so much on the, t- on the children's hour. Uh, you're going to learn a lot more on the children's hour today. One of our listeners, I was asking people all over town for the last couple of weeks, hey, what's your lo- least favorite pest of an animal? And I kept getting the same answer, ants. What do you all think about ants? Tell me about ants. Yeah. I think ants are um, pretty amazing of how their entire way of life is. But, I mean, when you have them around the house, they're pretty much impossible to get rid of. Mm. Yeah, it's true. They're very effective at what they do. I'll say that. Oh. They're They're interesting but annoying. (laughs) They're also really strong. Yeah, for their size. One of the great things about ants, though, is they won't bother you. That is, if you don't bother them. Unless you want to like eat butter and they're all over your butter in your kitchen then yeah. they kind of bug me in a little bit get One it time i actually had ants in my pants that Ooh. Was fun. did you dance no uh, <laughs> i screamed that makes a lot of sense um, i went camping and i stepped in a pile of red ants and it climbed inside of my boot Ooh! did they and bite so I, yeah i got bit by Oh, we're seeing them. Ooh, wow. Yeah, fire ants in particular. I mean, sugar ants are annoying if they're on your butter or on your counter, but fire ants, why fire ants and why should we love fire ants? I, I want to find out more, and I think we are going to find out more right here on the Children's Hour. When you're walking in the bush, please stay on the track and never wander through the undergrowth. Because if you're not observant, You might tread on a serpent, which could be quite unpleasant for you both. For you both. I've assessed the situation, and I simply want to say, be cautious when you're in his habitat. Though he's not aggressive, he's inclined to be possessive. And you can hardly blame a snake for that. Snake for that. Don't step a step on a snake Or you're making a big mistake For the sake of your protection I suggest you change direction Get out of there for good, for goodness sake Don't step a step on a snake The surprise may be more than he can take And you'd feel the same way too If someone stepped on you while you're lying in the sunshine half awake Be kind to old Joe Blake Never ever step upon a snake Have you ever wondered What it's like to be a snake And have to slip and slide along the ground It really can't be funny To be stuck there on your tummy Without a pair of legs to get you round Get you round So you see it isn't easy to be so misunderstood Try to see it from his point of view It's really rather sad when the whole world thinks you're bad But I don't really hate Joe Blake, do you? Joe Blake, do you? Don't ever step on a snake Or you're making a big mistake 
For the sake of your protection, I suggest you change direction. Get out of there for good, for goodness sake. Don't ever step on a snake. The surprise may be more than he can take. And you'd feel the same way too if someone stepped on you while you're lying in the sunshine half awake. Be kind to old Joe Blake. Never ever step upon, never ever step upon, never ever step upon a snake. Don Spencer from Putumayo Kids presents Animal Playground. Don't ever step upon a snake. And we can't really step upon a snake right now because Bethany Dunn from the Albuquerque Biopark is holding the snake that's in our studio. And it's it's a mighty fine snake indeed, Bethany. What kind of snake is this? Yeah, so this is Coyle. He is one of our program animals at the Biopark. So he goes out and acts as an ambassador to everyone um, around the state so they can get to know him and more about snakes. And he, in particular, is a gopher snake. And Coyle is beautiful. Can someone describe Coyle, please, for our listening audience? Well, for those who don't know what a gopher snake looks like, he is a... Kind of a light shade of yellow with patterning similar to a rattlesnake, but not quite. And the patternings are about uh, like dark brown to lighter brown, depending on which part of the snake you're looking. I think if I saw the snake out in the wild, I would think that's a rattlesnake because it kind of, I mean, I always think everybody's a rattlesnake actually out in the wild around here. But he kind of has that patterning that looks a little rattlesnakey. Is that on purpose, Bethany? Yeah, and a lot of animals will mimic other animals, right, to make them look like they might be venomous or poisonous and things like that. And so he'll even sometimes shake his tail a little bit, um, but there's no rattle on here, so I'm not brave enough to handle venomous snakes with just my bare hands. But you are brave enough without just your bare hands? Yeah, but you know, that actually took a little while. So we're talking about animals people aren't super appreciative of today. Um, And when I first started working with animals, I was not very comfortable with snakes. So that's something that took a little bit of time for me. So I had my friend help me out and we started, she would hold him and I would just, you know, just touch him with two fingers and worked my way up to actually holding him myself and then going into his habitat to pick him up. So I do like snakes now, um, and I've always been very appreciative of what they do for the environment, but I must admit, I wasn't always the biggest fan of holding them, but we're good friends, so. What do snakes do for the environment? Yeah, does anybody know what snakes do for the environment? Yeah, do you want to tell us? So sometimes snakes can help farmers because there'll be mice in their fields eating their crops, and the snakes can go in and eat the mice, and then, like, there's more food. Yeah. So snakes here like to eat a lot of animals that tend to reproduce really quickly. Like mice is one of them, right? Sometimes they might eat some eggs. Um, And depending on the size of the snake, the bigger the snake, the bigger the item they can eat, right? So one of the reasons why we particularly like mice, or not mice, snakes, is because they eat mice. So like you mentioned, sometimes that can be a detriment to farmers and agriculture. But also, you know, mice can carry some diseases, right? So if we think about these animals that eat those guys, like our snake right here, they're actually helping to prevent diseases from spreading. So that's another great thing that they do for us in particular. 
But as a predator, right, in the ecosystem, they play a really important role with keeping a lot of other animal populations like those mice under control. So you're talking about one kind of loathsome animal eating another kind of loathsome animal. Is that do do snakes eat things that we actually like? I guess that depends on who you are, right? Okay. Because does anybody, because I know a couple of you guys said that mice are cute, right? A couple of you like mice. Yes. But, you know, I mean, they do eat lizards sometimes. Did you hear like lizards? I like lizards. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes they might eat frogs, right? And so some of us like frogs. So it just depends on who you are, whether or not you like that animal. But these guys um, will be able to eat a lot of different things. And you all know how snakes eat, right? Yes. Yeah. No. No. Does, does anybody want to tell Katie how snakes eat? Yeah. How do they eat? Yeah. Maya, yeah. go for it. So, um, snakes can really they open their mouth really, really wide, and so some snakes will um, wrap around their prey and squeeze them until they die, and then they eat them whole. And some snakes will um, inject their prey with venom, mm-hmm. and that kills them, and then they'll eat them whole also. Yeah, and they have to swallow them whole because they can't chew their food. Because they don't have teeth? Well, they do have teeth, but if they chew their food, does anybody know what happens to their teeth? Do they fall out? They can break. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably not too many snake dentists about. Not too many snake dentists. Well, we're no. talking with Bethany Dunn from the Albuquerque Biopark, and we're going to be talking with her the entire hour about underappreciated animals. Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit dedicated to producing high-quality kids' public radio. Learn more at childrenshour.org. Support for the Children's Hour provided by Electric Playhouse, an immersive entertainment and events center in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Playhouse is open. You can purchase tickets, learn about events, play, and other opportunities, including future locations and music shows, at electricplayhouse.com. Getting your kids caught up on all their immunizations is one of the most powerful things you can do. This is a superhero moment. 
You can protect your kids against dangerous diseases and make sure they're ready to face the world by calling your pediatrician. Normal is coming. This message brought to you by the New Mexico Pediatric Society, a proud supporter of the Children's Hour. Living in the park I come out every night Just after dark I'm a rat, I'm a rat No one cares for me I'm disgusting, it is true But don't take it personally In the day I am asleep Down in my hole I sleep on straw and grass and weeds and things I stole I hear cars and buses driving I hear children playing happy I dream everybody is eating lots of food Leaving all their garbage out for me I'm a rat, I'm a rat Living in the park I come out every night Just after dark I'm a rat, I'm a rat No one cares for me I'm disgusting, it is true But don't take it personally Like this playground was built for a rat like me How do kids climb this stuff without claws and just two feet I love the giant slides The ones with the little curves On that geodome jungle gym I'm like a bird Flying from limb to limb Did you see me? I'm a rat, I'm a rat Living in the park I come out every night Just after dark I'm a rat, I'm a rat No one cares for me I'm disgusting, it is true But don't take it personally I'm a rat, I'm a rat I'm a lot like you I like to swing and climb And eat lots of junky food I'm a rat, I'm a rat I like to jump and run In all the places you like to play And eat and have your fun That was Lloyd H. Miller from his CD, SS Brooklyn, I'm a Rat. And over the break, that was Wookie Foot from a CD called Out of the Jar, The Snake Catcher was that instrumental piece. Sydney the Snake was Judy Cranston from her CD, My Favorite Action Songs. The show today 
Underappreciated Animals was recorded back in 2019. In the studio with us is our friend from the Albuquerque Biopark, Bethany Dunn. She's the science and education coordinator. And so she really is the one who goes out to schools and talks with kids all the time about all the critters that she brings. And today we're focusing on unappreciated animals like centipedes, cockroaches, snakes, black widows, tarantulas. Well, black widows aren't tarantulas. I just have tarantulas on the brain today. But yeah, what do you guys know about black widows? Yeah. Do you want to tell us? Um, Well, they have this red spot that kind of looks like a bow tie. Mm -hmm. And they like they shoot venom. Yeah, so they do have venom, right? So they'll inject it into what they're eating. But you know what's fun is a lot of times animals are named after what they look like or where they're from or something they like to do or a behavior they have. So you mentioned that black widows have a red spot, but what's their main color? Black. Black, yeah. And then why are they called black widows? What do they do that gives them that name? Yeah. They will usually kill their husbands. Well, (laughs) they might eat their mate afterwards, right? So that's how they get that name, Black Widow. So but, but wait, Bethany, don't all spiders do that? Well, you know, it depends on how quickly the male is. Sometimes if they can get away, they'll be just fine. Um, but yeah, a lot of spiders will do that. They Oftentimes the female might eat the male. Does anybody know why they do that? Well, for, for the first thing, the male actually trashes the female's web it, it, to prevent other males from getting there. Wow, what, an, what a mean thing to do. However, there's another thing. The female is about to go into a period where it's trying to create eggs. So, in this point, she needs extra energy. So, by the male, by the male giving himself up, or the female eating him, that helps ensure the survival of his kids. Exactly. Yeah. So she's the one who's going to be creating these eggs and. Some of our arachnids might even take care of their young for a tiny bit of time. So she does need more energy than our male, right? So he's done his job. They have mated. He's like, yes, I will carry on to the next generation with these eggs that will be laid. And so she's the one who needs that energy. So he's doing a good thing, right? But that's one of the reasons why they'll usually try and eat something because they're hungry and, you know, they need something to help them create those eggs. So that's how they live. But Mm -hmm. why should we uh, want them in our world? I mean, it's sometimes I think to myself when I see a black widow uh, and here in New Mexico, just for our listeners from around the country, it's how many, uh, it, please say if you, yes, I've seen a black widow. If you've seen a black widow in your house. Yes. 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 Many, many times. Okay. So see, this is not uncommon for us in New mm-hmm. Mexico to see black widows in our house. And sometimes I think to myself, well, if I smush that black widow I see in my house, at least in, in, in the sake of evolution, like that genetic speed, that line of black widow that thought it was okay to live in my house, they can't go on because like their babies aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, mom was right. This is a great place to live right in the bathroom of, you know, Katie's house. Mm-hmm. So uh, now that's kind of a mean way of looking at it. But I think most of us probably smush black widows when we see them in our house. Yes. Nope. No. What do you do, Oscar? I don't. I just leave them there. So does my son. He leaves them there. Yeah. 
a lot of the times we'll take them outside. And for some of the people who want said animals to live, you can get a cup and a piece of paper, trap the animal in the cup, slide the paper under, and take them outside so they can continue to live on, but not in your house. I am so glad you brought that up. Bethany, don't they just come right back because they're territorial, or will they really move into a new place? You know, I think a lot of animals um, are pretty adaptable into their situations. Now, I'm not a Black Widow expert. I will say that. So I can't speak for sure on that matter as to whether or not they'll come back. But if an animal is able to find a good habitat that has the things they need to survive, right? So shelter, food, water, space safety, all those things, then why would they need to move somewhere else, right? So like you said, if you're putting them somewhere outside, if they're able to find a spot outside that's a lot easier to get to than trying to get back into your house, they're most likely just going to stay there because they have everything they need. Hmm. How about some other creatures that we find? Yes, please. Centipedes. Can we talk about centipedes? We can talk about centipedes, but I got to be honest, guys. So I am not from New Mexico. So as oh, far as so you haven't had the pleasure of having I have centipedes not around, had huh? the pleasure of having centipedes around. Yeah. So oh. I would love to hear your experiences with centipedes. I was in the bathtub one time and a centipede crawled out that extra drain of the bathtub while I was in the bathtub. And when oh. we talk about centipedes crawling out the drain, maybe some people in their minds are picturing millipedes, which are like an inch long and really small. Centipedes here are about six to eight inches or longer very like all these legs that move independently they're just creepy um once i heard this story that if you say an animal's name um it comes to your house oh no so now yeah. we're talking about these creepy animals and they're all going to come to the studio here my dad has had experiences like one time there was a centipede in our house and it was in his bed and Ew. it disappeared, and we couldn't find it, and we never found it. And he's also had experiences where, like, he's found centipedes, like, actually in, like, his shorts and stuff that he's not wearing, and they're scary. <laughs> Annabella. Once uh, a centipede crawled out of our bathroom, went into a box, we lift up the box, and it, like, disappeared or something. Yeah, so now it's still there. Well, what are some of the good things about centipedes? Yeah, that's what I want to know. And uh, Bethany, you want to defer to Zen over here? Yeah, yeah. Zen was good. trying to explain to us why centipedes matter uh, before we went live on the air, and, and we're, we're skeptical, but let's hear it, Zen. Well, anyway, centipedes are, in fact, predators, right? They control populations of things that sometimes we don't like. They will eat things, sometimes cockroaches, right? We don't like cockroaches, do we? And... They'll eat other things like crickets, who make all sorts of noise during the night, and they're not—they're not all bad. They're not all bad. And what they also do is they're only trying to survive. They're not here to uh, particularly hurt you, and they would rather run away from you. And yeah, that has not been my experience, but okay, <laughs> they seem to run towards me. <laughs> sometimes when they're when it looks like they're running toward you, though, think about this: you're trying to take. The path of least resistance, right? You're trying to get away from you from them as fast as possible. Well, the centipede is going to see, oh my gosh, that's the path of, path of re least resistance as well. Oh my gosh, I better go over there. And so it's not really trying to chase you. It's trying to escape from you. That's Zen Menendez and a show we recorded back in 2019 on underappreciated animals. 
Centipedes have very bad eyesight, which is why it seems like they're chasing you when they're trying to get away from you. We have pictures posted at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Underappreciated Animals. From Seattle, this is Casper Baby Pants right here on the Children's Hour. More to come. You're my speedy centipede, speedy centipede. You got a hundred happy feet walking away. Cracking the asphalt, go in between, long and black and seldom seen. Legs and feet, a little body too. Centipede, I am lonely for you. Centipede, I am lonely for you. Centipede, I am lonely for you. You're my speedy centipede. Speedy centipede. You got a hundred happy feet walking away. Under palm trees, hiding away. Silent, shiny, night and day. You can crawl under my shoe Centipede, I am lonely for you Centipede, I am lonely for you Centipede, I am lonely for you You're my speedy centipede Speedy centipede You got a hundred happy feet Walking away of centipedes on the ground something about the way you do what you do centipede i am lonely for you centipede i am lonely for you centipede i am lonely for you you're my speedy centipede speedy centipede you got a hundred happy feet walking away hundred happy feet you got a hundred happy feet walking away Casper Baby Pants with his Speedy Centipede song. You're listening to the Children's Hour. We're talking about underappreciated animals with Bethany Dunn from the Albuquerque Biopark. Um, we're we're all trying to be calm as Bethany Dunn here has a tarantula crawling on her hand in our studio. It's hairy. Anybody else want to describe this tarantula, please? It's really hairy and it's kind of brown. I, I wonder, are those real hairs like our hair on our head? It's not quite like our hair. So these have a special name. They're called urticating hairs. And so what they do are they are one of the tarantula's adaptations for survival because lots of things like to eat tarantulas, right? So these hairs actually have some barbs on them. So if the tarantula feels threatened or is nervous or is feeling particularly sassy that day, what they'll do is they'll take their back leg and they'll rub it against that part of their body. Do you guys see that right there? How she has some bald spots right there? So she's been rubbing some of those hairs off, right? And so those go up into the air and then they can land on a predator's face or even in their eyes, or up their nose. And if they have barbs on them, does that sound very comfortable? No. No, right? So that is something that they can do, because then they're also very itchy. So it allows them to get away from their predators. 
Our hair doesn't do that, right? When we flick it, it just kind of stays where it is. A lot of people think that tarantulas can shoot venom, but I don't know if they can. And maybe that uh, urticating hair thing actually helps them to repel a predator instead of shooting venom, right? Yeah, and you know what? Tarantulas are venomous, and so that means that they carry a toxin inside their body that they'll inject into what they're trying to eat. And just like our snake can't chew its food, neither can tarantulas. So does anybody here like milkshakes? Oh, I love milkshakes. I I love milkshakes. Or like, Mm. you know, when you go to the dentist, you can only eat soft foods that you can slurp afterwards sometimes, right? Like yogurt, milkshakes, soup. So... You live off of that? (laughs) Yeah. So for her, what she'll do is when she finds her food, she lays her web, right? And their webs go on the ground. So stuff that she might be eating will walk across her web. She'll feel that. She'll run out. She'll grab them. She might bite them. That venom goes into their body, and it starts kind of turning the inside of that animal's body into mush, right? And that way she can... Slurp it up. She doesn't have to chew her food. Yeah, that's, that's kind of awful. That's, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be awful to die efficient. that way. To be her. I mean, it's it's good for her. Yeah. She. Why? Why is she wanting you to hold her? I thought spiders don't like people. Well, you know what? That's an excellent question. So her name is Lady, and Lady here is another one of our program animals. So we do have native tarantulas here in New Mexico. However, I would never just go and pick one up off the ground, right? That's not very smart. I don't know that tarantula. That tarantula doesn't know me. However, Lady here, as a program animal, um, she's actually from the Bulgarium we have at the biopark. And she's been handled and around people for a really long time. So that's one of the reasons why she's so comfortable being held, being on my hand. Yeah. What species is she? What species is she? Excellent question. She is an Arizona blonde. So where is she from? Arizona. 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 Yeah, and you guys mentioned she looks a little brown, but compared to some other tarantulas, she's actually pretty light in color. So that's how she gets that name, Arizona blonde. You know, we have an innate instinct to be afraid of these guys, but one of their favorite things to eat, I understand, is mosquitoes. No, it's not? No, 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 no. not mosquitoes? Those are a little bit small and hard to catch. You're going to find things like dragonflies eating those a lot more. Dragonflies eat those. You guys want to know a fun fact about dragonflies? Please. Dragonflies are the most successful predator in the entire world. Wait. What? Yeah. Yeah. So think about like those big cats, right? Like lions and tigers. With those guys, they have those huge teeth and claws, those great adaptations. But, you know, they don't get food too often. Usually they have about a 30% success rate. Dragonflies have over 90% success rate. So when they are going out and hunting for their food, they're most likely going to be catching it, right? Which is pretty incredible. Wow. Well, uh, we are talking with Bethany Dunn. She's the science education coordinator at the Albuquerque Biopark. She's holding a tarantula live in our studio. We still have a snake live in our studio. It's kind of creepy around here. You're listening to the Children's Hour. Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour radio show is an independent production of the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. 
The Children's Hour is supported in part by an award from New Mexico Arts, a division of the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by the County of Bernalillo, New Mexico, bernco.gov. Support for the Children's Hour is also provided by the City of Albuquerque's Cultural Services Department and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by Token Ibis, a nonprofit making philanthropy accessible to everyone. To sign up, go to tokenibis.org. The ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching one by one, the little one stops to suck his thumb, and they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Boom, boom, boom. The ants go marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching two by two, the little one stops to tie his shoe, and they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Boom, boom, boom. The ants go marching three by three, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching three by three, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching three by three, the little one stops to climb a tree, and they all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Boom, boom. The ants go marching four by four, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching four by four, the little one stops to shut the door. They all go marching down to the ground to get out of the rain. Boom, boom, boom. The ants go marching five by five, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching five by five, hurrah, hurrah. The ants go marching five by five, the little one stops to take it down. They all go marching down. Marching ten by ten, the little one stops to save the end. They all go marching down to the ground to get out of 
The Ants Go Marching by Shovels and Rope. And you're tuned to the Children's Hour. And today in studio, we're talking about unappreciated animals. And so we brought in the science education coordinator from the Albuquerque Biopark, Bethany Dunn. And in the studio, we're discussing all kinds of unappreciated animals. And one thing we're discussing, the greatest predators in the world, of course, which are the dragonfly. And But mosquitoes... One unappreciated animal, for sure. They spread disease. They bite. Yeah, they annoy us, right? They also do a whole bunch of things in the water. They have all sorts of weird-looking larvae. Ugh, right? Fun fact about mosquitoes. Only the females bite you. The males will actually eat, like, the juice from the cactus and other um, plants. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. And one reason that um, when you see a mosquito biting, you just know that they are doing so to get nutrients and minerals for their babies, the eggs. The females are doing that so they can get all the great stuff that we have for their babies. So they're doing it for a good cause. I see. So you're doing a good job trying to get us to appreciate the existence of mosquitoes. Bethany Dunn, do you at the biopark appreciate mosquitoes? You know... I'm sure some people do. Um, I'm not a huge fan of mosquitoes. I don't know if I ever will be. But I will admit, I'm pretty impressed, um, you know, by their adaptations. So I'm from Tennessee, and we have lots of water there. It's very wet. And so, um, you know, I always grew up with a ton of mosquitoes around. So when I moved to New Mexico, which is a desert, and everyone was telling me how bad the mosquitoes were in the summer. I was like, it can't be that bad. They're just from the desert. They're not used to mosquitoes. They're just, you know, making a big deal out of nothing. But I was wrong. We have some very heavy uh, mosquito populations, especially down by the river. And so, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of mosquitoes, but I am very impressed at what they can do with such a small amount of water. Yeah, they're pretty incredible. There are many other loathsome creatures out there that listeners gave us suggestions about, um, including, and this one is hard because I kind of like these guys, but not if I'm swimming in the ocean, sharks. You know, sharks are certainly unappreciated. Um, they're scary. They seem to bite. We've all seen that, you know, like, dun 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 You know, we all get afraid of sharks. Yeah, and yeah, please. So, but only about 13 shark bites happen a year in the U.S., and most of those shark bites aren't fatal, and the shark will only bite you. Like, if it bites you, it's probably not going to keep on eating because you're disgusting and it likes seals. Mm. So, yeah. We're disgusting. Yeah, Maya, come to your mic. Yeah. I know that sharks are good because, like... If we didn't have sharks, our ocean would be very, 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 like, messy. It wouldn't be clean. The sharks, so the dead animals that die from, like, let's say plastic bags, they got killed from a plastic bag in the ocean. The shark would come and pick it up and eat it. So they don't want to, like, they actually help the environment. So you're saying they're kind of like the vultures of the ocean. They kind of keep it clean Mm -hmm. in this way. Interesting. Yeah. 
I'd probably c- compare them more to hyenas in that way because they're both predators and hunt a whole bunch and are very important to their ecosystem, but also are good at cleaning up after other animals uh, who just can't finish a kill or an animal who died of sickness and they just, you know, fly, floating around. That's fascinating. And, you know, I hadn't even had hyenas on the list, but I do have coyotes on the list. And I guess I have a personal thing about coyotes because they've been killing my chickens lately. And um, I don't really know, you know, I know I'm living in a place where coyotes normally live, but people don't like coyotes. Bethany Dunn, what do you say about, I know the Albuquerque Biopark is an when we say coyotes, we can also bring in wolves to this. Mm-hmm. The biopark is a part of a vital wolf restoration project here in the Southwest. And what do you say to people who say, why would you reintroduce wolves? Nobody likes wolves. They're terrible. Why would you say, no, no, no? So I think um, something that's important to remember is that um, one of the things we've mentioned a couple times is that we don't like mice when they're in our home, right? Or we don't like coyotes when they're in our backyard. Um, But people's habitats keep growing, um, but our native animals' habitats are not, right? They're staying the same or shrinking. So as we are expanding into wolves, these predators' habitats, you know, that's part of their home and part of their territory. Now, what I will say about that in particular is as a apex predator, wolves play an extremely important role in the ecosystem. And when those predators are taken out of the ecosystem, we see it affected in a lot of different ways. Um, so that's kind of true of sharks too, right? Like they're yeah. an apex predator in their system and we're seeing a great reduction of sharks right now. Yeah, exactly. And so in looking at animal populations, if there is a sudden drop in predators, primary consumers, secondary consumers, any of those things, we're going to see it affect all the other parts of the food web, right? Whether it be the ability for plants to grow um, or for maybe a rise in diseases like we were talking about with mice and snakes. So things like that. So I think one of the things about these animals that people deem loathsome is that they're just ones that we don't know as much about maybe, or maybe you just haven't seen one before. Or for example, like this tarantula, it lives mostly on the ground. So you don't see it until you're standing right next to it. Right. And then it kind of spooks you and they're like, dude, I've been here the whole time. Right. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Well, Bethany Dunn, she's the science education coordinator at the Albuquerque Biopark. Um, a round of applause for you. Thank you so much for being with us on the, cho- on the Children's Hour. This is Gunnar Madsen. I'm just a tiny mosquito Buzz, 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 buzz Buzzing you all night long I'm just a tiny Mosquito, buzz, 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 buzzing my favorite song. Late at night, I need a bite. I'm hungry. I depend on a warm-blooded friend. Oh, I'm just a tiny mosquito. Buzz, 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 buzz. Every time I see the cover slip. The snoring lip, just a little sip. They will hardly even know I'm there. No, they won't miss a drip. How sweet the nectar that the humans bring. It's a lovely spring, gives me cause to sing. And the 
luckiest bug in the air. I'm just a tiny mosquito. Buzz, 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 buzz. Buzzing you all night long. I'm just a tiny mosquito. Buzz, 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 buzz. Buzzing my favorite song. It's a charming refrain in a light-hearted vein. It's a tune that gets under your skin. Oh, I'm just a tiny mosquito. Buzz, 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 buzz. I watch a lady take the evening air. She brushes back her hair. Look, her arm is bare. And her fragrance is intoxicating. She's pulsing with life. I swoop and dive and dodge her clumsy hand. Find a place to land. Oh, this game is grand. I'm the luckiest bug in the air. I'm just a tiny mosquito. Buzz, 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 buzz. Buzz, 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 buzz. You missed me. Bloody good try. Buzz, 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 buzz. Bitsy spider, he went up the water spout. Down came the rain, washed the spider out. Up came the sun, and dried up all the rain. And the itsy bitsy spider took the train. Bitsy Spider, he made friends along the way. There were lots of things to do at every stop they trained me. But when he got to missing that old water spot back home, the minuscule arachnid, it took the A train. If you got a problem, if it's a gloomy day, take a hint from it, say, and don't you run away. No, no, the next time that it's raining, the next time that you're blue, you gotta keep your chin up, just like all good spiders do. Cause the sky is gonna clear up, all the sun is gonna shine. And then you and me and all our friends We can run out and play outside Along with the itsy bitsy spider Went up the water spout Down came the rain And washed the spider out Sing if you know it Up came the sun And dried up all the rain And the itsy bitsy spider Went up the spout Up that spout again Spider, went up the water spout, and then down, down, down came the rain. 
and just watch the spider out. Hey, up, 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 up came the sun, dried up all the rain. Oh, and it's it, it's it. It got up the spot to the train. Bitsy Spider Took the A-Train is the Big Cats Band featuring Skip Ewing from a CD called Indian Elephant Tea. And before that, you heard Gunner Madsen from his old Mr. Mackle Hackle with Tiny Mosquito. In the background, the Tarantella done by Mulberry Street. You've been listening to the Children's Hour, and this episode was produced at the Sunspot Studio and originally recorded back in 2019 inside our studio with Bethany Dunn and her creatures. We're so grateful for the city of Albuquerque's Biopark for lending us their educator for the morning. If you'd like to see photos from today's show, go to childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Under Appreciated Animals. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time for another edition of the Children's Hour. Children's Hour is an independent production of the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit corporation. Our show is written by Katie Stone, with help from all of us and the kids' crew. Find lots of information about us at childrenshour.org. Many thanks to Bethany Dunn from the Albuquerque Biopark for being on the show with us today and for bringing her critters. Our podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast or at patreon.com slash the children's hour or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast we post our photos and more on instagram facebook and twitter find us at tch radio our theme music is written by ck Barlow. the children's hour is distributed by the children's hour incorporated prx and the pacifica radio network thanks for listening to the children's hour kids public radio